You're listening to Rule the Galaxy podcast. I'm Vanessa Marshall, Harrison Doolan, Star Wars Rebels. May the Force be with you always. Hey, Star Wars fans and Rule the Galaxy fans. It is Joe coming at you with a nice little Ahsoka two-parter review after the first two episodes on here on the Rule of the Galaxy podcast. It is actually chapter 226 of the Rule of the Galaxy podcast. And because my guys, D-Doc, Alfie, and Brent did the live watch show on Tuesday night, I gave them the night off. And the one and only, the original, the OG host of Rule the Galaxy, Joey Molinero, is joining me. Joey, how are you? Hey, I'm good. I'm good. Uh, yeah, glad uh, to be here talking Ahsoka. Watched it again for the second time um, this morning. And so I've got two viewings underneath me and super excited about uh, the direction of the show. That's good to hear. I, I have also done two watches. Uh, really, really the second time got to pay attention to things, you know, that kind of zoom by that first time. You're just trying to take in all the visuals and make sure you don't miss anything big that first time through. So second time you get to kind of bite your teeth into it a little bit, get a little bit more in depth, but I, I will just start off and just say um, I really enjoyed the first two episodes. Ahsoka is one of my top characters. Um, believe it or not, Hera and Sabine are two of my favorite characters as well. So having that triumvirate of, of characters very involved with the first couple episodes uh, was really cool. And I can only wait and see where they're going to go when they're going to be, um, you know, adding other new characters in. So uh, so yeah, two thumbs up on the first two episodes. We'll buzz through and talk about all kinds of topics. Uh, was there anything that stood out to you or anything that was lacking to you on the first two episodes? Uh, I really thought, I really enjoyed the action. I thought that the action, both aerial, um, mm -hmm. up in the sky, uh, we joked about it on the way home from Cincinnati, but felt like there was more, um, and Frankie just fell down. So he cried. <laughs> Uh, yeah, sorry about <laughs> that. Um, you know how some of those soft falls just scare them enough to where they get freaked out, but yes, I will be okay. Nothing's bleeding, there's no bruising, he's all right. <laughs> um, I, I we, we felt like there was more lightsaber action and lightsaber duels <laughs> in the first two episodes of Ahsoka than we got from the entirety of the sequel trilogy. Um, so I thought it was awesome. Uh, in that aspect um but at the same time it was like okay you know you're going into you're seeing all the footage that you saw from the previews from the teasers yep. and everything that they were going to put out there um uh, is, is what we saw you know it's all been out there i don't think there's one shot from the trailers or the teasers that wasn't in the first two episodes 
um, which is exciting, but also at the same time, you're like, okay, yep, like we're setting the ground here. We know where we are now. Now right. it's like, okay, now I'm ready for the last six. Um, but yeah, I, <clears throat> I think the 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 aerial shots were super cool. I thought the 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 speeder that um, Sabine was flying on on the you know her her first scene in the in the series. Uh, looked really, really exciting and and yep. and and awesome, and uh, just you know, like high speed, cool stuff. Um, I, I definitely am looking forward to seeing. Okay, how do we? Does Zeb come in? Do we get a flashback of Kane? And like, how, I know this is essentially a, a Rebels sequel um, right. and a continuation of that. So, as a huge Rebels fan myself, I'm kind of wondering, like, okay just how much of the rebels are we getting? Like where I know we're going to get a lot of Hera. I know we're going to get a lot of Sabine. I know it's Ahsoka's the title character. So obviously. Right. her. Um, but I mean, we already saw Zeb in that brief cameo and Mando season three. And I was like, okay, for sure. That's just setting up for him to be all over Ahsoka. And first two episodes, we haven't seen him. We only saw um the the hologram of ezra you know i know that's going to be okay they're going to find him and whatnot uh, but i'm just kind of wondering how much rebels how much rebels is coming well uh yeah to go back to a few of your first points uh and, and then hit on these rebels points uh visually i wrote down visually it looked like a movie i thought it looked more like a movie than book of boba fett than kenobi um I felt like it was in a movie setting. So it was more of a gr- setting. It was more of a grand picture and overall. I think some, like you said, flying away on that ship, uh, Hera and the Phantom chasing that ship as it left, seemed to me like a like movie shots. It wasn't a TV shot right there, right? So I I, I really like that. I felt that was part of it that stood out. The the Kiner music, the 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 um, the music from this whole thing was fantastic. Um, and to go along with the music, well, the scenery looks Star Warsy. The music felt Star Warsy. And you mentioned the Sabine on the speeder bike. What did you feel about having some rock and roll going on during that scene? And I've already seen the video on Twitter of somebody putting the Beastie Boys sabotage in with her doing the speeder bike, which was absolutely awesome. I mean, it's just mm, chef's kiss. Yeah, I, I you know, I, I think that, look. It's kind of a double-edged sword because all of these series and shows are going to be criticized and and have such a mm-hmm. uh, you know a fine comb that people are going to use with it and pick it apart and everything. But at the same time, I still feel like because it isn't a giant blockbuster silver screen release, this still should be somewhat of a sandbox a little mm-hmm. bit. I think that there still should be room to be able to say, yeah, we're going to throw in some kind of Star Warsy K-pop rock music, uh, right? right. Um, and especially, I mean, that fits Sabine's character so well. You know, it's like we were talking about it kind of like, all right, I, I said, because uh, we, we got mentioned, and we'll, I'm sure we'll talk later about how Ahsoka was sipping on what looked like some coffee and whatnot. And we're like, when are we going to get a Star Wars coffee shop? You know, and it's mm-hmm. like, okay. When you were growing up, did you ever think we'd have a Star Wars diner, you know, like we see in Attack of the Clones? No. Um, I mean, we've had Star Wars bars from, you know, since 1977, right? With the with the cantina and with the ones on Coruscant and whatnot. Um, 
yeah so who's who's to say why can't there be some some rock music in star wars so i thought it fit the scene i thought it fit sabine's character uh very well and uh yeah i still think that these should be a little bit of a sandbox to a certain extent um to be able to find what works what doesn't work to hopefully eventually when they get back up to the silver screen yeah. And, you know, cause that's when you gotta, you got the two years of promotion and you got the whole beast behind it and you got to make a hundred, you know, $300 million in the first weekend or bill, 1 billion. We, I mean, yeah. that's what pressure's on. That's when you can't have those missteps, you know, but uh, in these series, I'm like, yeah, you know, if it's not something crazy, it's overtaking the whole show, throw in a little bit of something and see if it sticks. Agreed. Um, so I'll, I'll go back to your rebel saying one. Yes. Zeb, as you mentioned, him being in a recent Mando series, uh, it made it seem like he's going to be a perfect fit to fall back into place here. Um, We did see Ezra in the hologram. Are we going to see a Force ghost? Are we going to hear Kanan, you know, talking in the head of Hera? Is she going to think about that? I I doubt we see a Force ghost because he wasn't, you know, a a Qui-Gon or an Obi-Wan kind of strength in the force, I guess, but could she have memories or flashbacks? Possibly. The the other two that I was looking at were um, Captain Rex and Agent Callus, because I thought those two both played a key role. Yeah. And you have Tim Morrison who could fall right into that role of Rex. And then you have Callus who, I mean, there's plenty of people I think that would fit his look uh, for this, for this series. So uh, I think both of those are opportunities I will say when it started off, one of the things that got me a little pumped was there was uh, somewhat of a crawl. It wasn't the same old kind of crawl we had growing up um, on the you know main nine movies, but there was a crawl to kind of recapture some things and get everybody set where things are, are where they are time wise and location wise. Um, it didn't. It still didn't help your mom. She watched it with me, and she still. And that's something I'm going to talk about in a minute. Is um, D-Doc, Alfie, uh, Nick Shesky, and I all in text today were like, our wives did not know what what time frame we were in, where we were, when this happened, and they didn't know some of the characters because they never saw Rebels. But the other thing that was interesting right from the beginning is we started talking about maps again, right? That we had we had maps come in right away, and it, I was like, is this is this the thing now in Star Wars? Are we doing maps? Is that our thing? Yeah. So um, I but- think everybody I think everybody would be lying if they said that they didn't <laughs> have some sort of kind of initial flashback of just like oh man like <laughs> yeah you you sit there and you watch it and you're like all right we'll give you know we'll give it a chance and we'll let it see it play out but I mean not only because of that same sort of similar plot line that we got put through with the sequel trilogies but also I mean that droid that oh, yeah. asked for the map it honestly sounded like kylo ren i mean it was like such crazy flashback there um not only the plot line but he honestly sounded like him so <laughs> now that that is one of the things too it's like okay hopefully it's not too much about that you know hopefully yeah. we can maybe start with that get a little bit of a different vehicle to um you know find our way to thrawn find our way to ezra Sure. Uh, because it was a little too close to home still, I think, about, okay, you know, everybody always, like, going going from the the, the sequel trilogies, you know, the, from the original trilogies uh, to the sequel, everybody was like, okay, so Starkiller Base is just another Death Star. 
or you know, it's always got to be a big, so, you know, it always right. has to be one of those big things, right? Let's get away from one of those big weapons that destroys planets. And then now all of a sudden it's like, okay, is, is the maps the thing? We're going to, we sequel trilogy. We had the maps. Now we got a map in Ahsoka. Um, so yeah, that one wasn't my favorite thing. That's for sure. Well, I, I can say if that's the worst of our troubles on this show, I can live with it because I really enjoyed it all the way through. Uh, I, I'll just go through some of my notes here. Ahsoka, I, I think that Rosario Dawson's doing a great job with that role. I think she's she's got that role down fairly well. I was hoping, and, and there were a few times where she gave a little glance, a little wink, a little smile. I'm hoping for a little more jovial bit out of her, because right now she's a little in a dark place, it seems like, right? Um, we know snips from way back when where she was always full of energy, and I know a lot's happened, uh, you know, with Anakin and the, and the Clone Wars and uh, the fighting with the Emperor and all that kind of stuff in the original trilogy time frame. But we're past that now. I was hoping maybe we'd see a little bit more upbeat Ahsoka, but I think Rosario Dawson, the mannerisms, the look, everything, she's got it knocked out of the park. Hi, Frankie. It's mm -hmm. no-no. Um so this is great. My my grandson's looking at me while we're doing the podcast. This is great. Um, so again, Rosario Dawson's great. Uh, Sabine, I would say. I, I will say, yeah, to go off your point, like definite Rebels Ahsoka. I mean, I yes. guess that shouldn't be surprising, but you know, there is that difference of Clone Wars Ahsoka where she is clearly the Padawan and she's kind of young in it and everything. And um yeah very reserved with her coffee very reserved with everything always seems to kind of like know something that other people don't and is like waiting for someone to read her mind kind of like she's yeah. very coy like there's a lot of like uh, you can just tell that that's kind of where we're leaving off here where we're picking up from with that the way that she's being played right now yeah uh, so you, there's there's a clear difference between Young Ahsoka, this Ahsoka, Ashley Eckstein Ahsoka, uh, Rebels Ahsoka. But yeah, I mean, we're only two episodes into it. So. We are. We okay. are. I, let, let's let's see if, if she smiles a little bit more. That would be great. But I, I think she does have everything down. Speaking of having everything down, that, that initial scene of her where she's down in that, that uh, place where she cut the hole, right, to go down in there and get that, um, that orb uh, in the map definitely indiana jones vibes right like the music the 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 scenery the the way she was thinking things through definitely had a a feel of indiana jones and and i bypassed i definitely felt some phantom menace flashbacks when uh balin and shin showed up on the uh, new republic ship it was like that red ship coming in at the beginning of phantom menace those two walk off with the back of their hoods showing not even their faces I mean, it gave you the feel of Obi-Wan and, and Qui-Gon walking into that ship right there. But again, we got another great hallway scene with Balin. Star Wars and hallway scenes. You can't go wrong with those at all. And Shinati, I think she's going to be a pretty cool character. I, I like both of those characters. Uh, I, I think they're going in the right direction with them. And then, like I said, I'll fall back up. They they cast Sabine exactly right. She She's played by a great character, by a great actress. She looks apart. She she held the the facial expressions and the you know the moodiness and and the angst perfect in there. So all yeah. those things wrapped into one. Just in the beginning few scenes that we see, 
I felt really good going into all that. Yeah, totally. I will say that, uh, and I know you guys just had Vanessa Marshall on, so yeah, uh, which is great. But she's definitely the one that I'm having the most difficulty wrapping my mind around. Um, you know, for all the differences between Ashley and Rosario, it still mm-hmm. doesn't mess with me as much. Like you said, Sabine nailed it on the head. Honestly, from the hologram that we saw of Ezra, uh, his little mannerisms, his kind of how he was just like, uh, hey, Sabine. Like, <laughs> it was very like Taylor Hall. You know, it, was, it, it yeah. seemed very spot on there. Um, and then what we've seen from Zeb in that brief part in, in Mandalorian, you're going to expect that. He looked just like him. I know the same voice actor is voicing yep. him, but Hera, I don't, I don't know. I, I don't know if it's just because Vanessa Marshall has such a distinct, I don't, I don't know what it is. It's, 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 uh, yeah, it's she's got a, a presence. Bit, yeah. Like a presence or just the voice that I'm just so used to with, with associating her with Hera. I don't know. Maybe it'll grow on me, but, um, and it's not to say that this actress is doing a bad job. Um, I don't think that it's just, I'm kind of sitting here having a hard time connecting them, having, having a hard time uh, getting on board fully with uh, how that character is being portrayed by her. But again, she's had mostly hologram scenes, not a lot of scenes um, elsewhere, uh, you know, and then we're only, we're only two in and I'm sure that when she gets interacting more with uh, chop and with the whole crew gets back together and maybe when I see them finally on the ghost, uh, maybe that'll all come back to me. Well, I, I'm I'm as big of an Ashley Eckstein fan as anybody. I think what she did with the character of uh, Ahsoka was fantastic. But it, you're right; it it's been an easier transition so far. After a few little bits with her in Mandalorian, Book of Boba Fett, uh, as Rosario with Rosario Dawson instead of Ashley, it it'll take time. But I, I feel like we'll we'll slowly mesh into. Uh, understanding the new Hera and and seeing her fill that role, I think she'll do fine. It's just that initial hit in the face that it that it's a little bit different. But I, I you know, I'll hold judgment on that. Let's give it eight episodes and see, like you said, if we get all the way through and and feel good about it. Um, the thing that got me on the first episode that I would say the I joke around about the map. I you know joke around the crawl wasn't exactly perfect. Whatever, they're still great. I loved all of that. The stab in the gut, the stab in the gut is still what got me, believe it or not, because I'm thinking we're now having it to where like every Disney show, characters are getting stabbed in the gut with a lightsaber, which one of the most powerful Jedi's ever, Qui-Gon Jinn, yes, I know like right under his heart, right through his spine, all that stuff, but still you would think you'd make it more, more detrimental to their health than having a little patch on it after some, you know, quick surgery by that 2-1-B droid for uh sabine so that was yeah, i don't know i don't know disheartening. It, especially you know you you leave that to happen you know and the people who made the sequel trilogies or you leave that to mm-hmm. happen to you know even even deborah chow which you know she gets a lot of praise and thinks she did some good stuff but you know with it being run by feloni you're kind of just like Really, Dave? Like we we kind of expected more, you know. Like you said, right. is this becoming like a a running gag that the execs at Disney want to do? I don't know. I mean, there were just so many other ways to go about how they how they did that. Um, 
and I and I do wonder. I'm like these 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 people who make these shows now. They have to when like that is pitched or that is written, they have to immediately think right. Like there's going to be outcry about this. People are going to they're they're already tired of it. They're getting more and more tired of it. Yeah, uh, but yet yeah, just keeps happening. So I don't know. Um. Yeah, I agree. While we're sitting here, I'm going to throw in a couple notes that D Doc and Alfie. Uh, sent over because they had they had some quick thoughts that since since uh, they're not in here tonight um sorry i'll get to d doc joe points of love to you to add in the show uh, dialogue isn't rushed agreed uh time is spent on sabine to show her moody depression kind of attitude agreed um top tier cgi very cinematic huang huang is awesome uh, yeah, he, i hate like that drug a lot i do too uh, he likes the villains. He said they're very intriguing. Uh, it's hitting all the points to make Star Wars Star Wars, he said. Um, yeah. I, I, I a, he's a badass, man. He is. I, I feel so... I mean, look, anybody who passes, you feel bad for, for that person, their family, you know, the community around them. But to think that this guy made a huge presence in these first two shows, where could it have gone from here? To, to have him pass, and um, that's, that's such a shame because we've seen him in other things, obviously, right? I mean, heck, he was in, wasn't he the bodyguard in the other guys? I think he was, He, yeah. he was the bodyguard in that for the the, the bad guy. Um, yeah. But he's been in plenty of other things, and I wasn't sure what to expect because it was that character, and then I sit there and I'm like, holy cow, he's intimidating, he's a presence, He's bringing it. He's bringing the A game as a former Jedi, now kind of mercenary, right? And and so I was really pumped about his character. Hopefully, it plays out well for the rest of the season, and they don't have to make some crazy jump into season two because of of his passing. But yeah, um, uh, Alfie says, love that there were Jedi survivor influences. Uh, I've never played Jedi survivor. You know me. I'm not a game guy. Um, he says magic and ancient history and astrology looks amazing. Uh, Corellia was fantastic and epic. Uh, the volume in, in Ahsoka looks top tier compared to some of the volume use in some other shows. Um, so I, I agree. I mean, they're all hitting on good points here, right? There, there's some really great things going on in this show and we're only two episodes in out of eight. Uh, I'm really excited for these next six to see where we go. Yeah, I think um, I like too uh, how when they were on Karelia and uh, that that dude who ended up being the guy from Harry Potter who ended yes. up being one of the leaders from uh, you know one of the the leaders of the group who still were Empire loyalists, which was a very um, cool storyline. Right, he was saying you know um, people don't you know, people don't care where their paycheck's coming from. They just want to have a paycheck. You know, he's kind of what everybody loved about Andor so much, right? About how it's just kind of like the normal people of the galaxy and what's going on really beyond just like the big, huge fairy tale Skywalker saga that everybody apparently seems to not like for whatever reason. <laughs> um, I, I, I did. I mean, I did think it was cool when you stop and think about it a little bit of just like, okay, yeah, that is going on. Like people, you know, like, Everybody thinks when it's that big, huge galactic, you know, rebellion versus empire. And then you just think about the people who are just kind of like, hey, man, I, you know, want to have my equivalent of blue milk after a long day's work and be able to supply for my family and avoid getting, you know, sure. 
head chopped off by a lightsaber. Like, <laughs> so, so that was interesting to think about. Um, and, and, you know, maybe, a, a, and, and then after that, when that happened, you know, they got turned on and, you know, they're for the empire. So you still got that going on, right? Everybody just thinks once the death star two blows up and they have, uh, right. the, you know, Hey, we just killed a million people party on indoor. And, you know, they, 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 everybody just thinks like, oh yeah, from then on, then it's just totally all good guys and all of the evil and empire is gone. Yeah. And in real life, that wouldn't be that way. Right. You would no. have a transition, a big transition point. Right. Which is interesting. Well, so it's bringing real world and real his historical things into play. Think about in the United States, you have a president get elected you know, four years after another president's been elected. He's going to bring in some top-tier people of his own, but a majority of the bureaucracy that's been sitting in the Capitol does not change. doesn't matter who that leadership person is, right? So that all stays the same. So you wonder why there's such murky waters in Washington, D.C. We're getting proof from it right here in Ahsoka. But, you know, you go back to the American Revolution. We think that every single person who was in the United States was like, all right, let's grab our guns, let's go fight these redcoats, when really a small percentage of people banded together and fought until the French came along and others came along to help and fought the British, right? Because the rest of the people are doing exactly like you said. They're, they're making their farm work, right? They're running their business. They're having children. They're teaching school. They don't have time to go be a part of a revolution. So all this going on in Ahsoka is very, very real world kind of stuff. So that was very cool that they brought that in there, in my opinion. Yeah, definitely. So I, I know there's going to be, I mean, obviously from the crawl, we see, you know, it's kind of like the, the whispers of the return and planting seeds of another yes. empire and another, right? So you're, you're going to have all these little pockets, you know, it's just like, uh, yeah, it is. It's whoever's on top. There's going to be those little pockets of people who are trying to collude together to bring whoever's on top down. And right now you have the New Republic and you have, you know, supposed freedom in the galaxy. Um, and so there are going to be those, uh, you know, empire loyalists and there are going to be people who would want, you know, to go mm -hmm. and serve somebody like Thrawn. Um, yeah, so it's interesting. It is. It is. Um, so a couple of things that stood out also to me. I know at one point in time during the conversations between Balin and Shin, or is that right? Shin? Hockey? Yeah. yeah. Um, anyway, um, and, and um, Morgan Elsbeth, they talked about Thrawn being in exile. So there's got to be something that went on because I don't know if you'd call it exile because basically he and Ezra at the end of Rebels just got taken off by those right. purgles. They should I, just I, be like missing, right? Correct. Like yeah. lost. Right. 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 Um, but there's got to be some connection because she's saying she can feel he speaks to her, all that kind of stuff. So I really want to see how this lays out in the future, because saying he's in exile, what does that mean? That that a ship's broken down? Right. Does that mean that uh, he's like he's like the castaway and he's just stuck right. on a yeah. desert isle? Um, yeah. You had to make the choice to be in exile. Exactly. Know? Right. Right. Like, you know, like. Napoleon was in exile, right? I mean, he he was a leader. He got shipped out to the Isle of Elba. Uh, Abel was I, or I saw Elba right there. You know, we're doing a little uh, Napoleon history. Anyway, um, but yeah, I really felt like he was lost kind of by accident. Maybe he survived and he and Ezra survived. So they're kind of lost and deserted way out in the middle of nowhere by the Purgles. I, I just, I, I thought it was weird that she used the term exile on that. 
Um, very. What are the chances that What are the chances that Ezra is just like he's kind of in on it? It's been long enough where he's yeah, yeah. drawn God to him. Maybe he's like, hey, I got to do what I got to do to survive, so I got to team up with this guy. Um, and then it turns out that it's like, hey, sorry, you know, I I had to do what I had to do, and I'm not this little innocent Padawan learner anymore. You know, I yep. mean, kind of feeling like something like that's coming. Really. So I I looked at it. Alfie and I have talked about this a ton. I think we brought it up on the show a few times. We are of the opinion that it could happen to where Thrawn has softened on his approach on things and has had to team up and work with Ezra while out in the nowhere lands, right? Mm-hmm. But that Ezra's had to do some things that don't really stand up with the Jedi. And now he's coming back saying, you know, if they find him or whatever – could it be that that major flip in the future is Thrawn goes good and Ezra's had to do some dark side things to, to you know, survive and, and get through? I don't know. I think that's really cool because everybody's expecting Ezra to come back and be this hero and he's grown in the force and he's like super Jedi and that Thrawn's a big baddie. But things change. I mean, they've been out there now since, you know, before Star, before A New Hope. This happened. They went out there. And now here it is after Return of the Jedi, like five years after Return of the Jedi. So mm-hmm. we're talking 10 years of them being out in the middle of nowhere. Things could happen. So I, I agree with you. I, I don't know what to expect when they come, but there could be some interesting twists and turns, I think, for sure. Um, yeah. yeah. And as yeah. popular as Thrawn is as a character, man, you think it wouldn't be cool if Thrawn was like Callus from Rebels, right? And makes a switch because he's like, See, I'm hey, hoping it's the opposite. I'm hoping that Thrawn is still the big baddie that everybody loves. And then that Ezra kind of goes from being that little innocent, you know, teenage cutesy Spider-Man type kid to all of a sudden it's like, sorry, Sabine, this is just what I had to do. I'm, I'm open for all that. I think, I think because rebels was so good and it laid out some really good groundwork. I think there's lots of possibilities in this and, and I'm, I'm really excited to see where it goes. I was of the opinion that, while they were out there, you know the stories I've told you about from the uh, the New Jedi Order, right? The Yuzong Bong, or I think there's another group that in Thrawn's book, he talks about the Krisk, I think. I, I'm, I'm blanking it. But these these people that are way out there that he's had to fight to get away from to come here to this part of the galaxy, right? And be a part of the Empire. And he's warned about these people. I, I'm, I'm hoping instead this, this of... EU stuff? Yeah, yeah, in the books. Yeah, yeah. so... Yeah. I'm hoping that there's some things brought in that because it would be great to tie in some other things besides just having another empire to fight, right? I, I want to have yeah. a story where you're fighting this whatever's out there that's coming into, well, I mean, now that we're seeing another galaxy that they're looking at where Thrawn and possibly Ezra are, anything could happen. So, um, yeah. Uh, so look at think, the notes here. What do, you think the chan- what do you think the chances are that uh, we get a Luke Skywalker, Baby Yoda, or Mando appearance? I like it a lot because I think what we say, this is going on the same time as Mando season three. Mm-hmm. Um, and he just kicked back on the farm with baby Yoda. Right. So if he's kicking back on, on the farm and it's just those two chilling and Luke's off preparing the Jedi temple um, or a Jedi Academy, there should be some downtime where each one of them could be involved. And I think that's one of the things that Alfie brought up that I'll, I'll just bring it up now. I was going to bring it up towards the end because it's kind of a what if, but Alfie was of the opinion of if two Jedi or bad Jedi attack a New Republic ship, 
wouldn't the New Republic contact Luke or Leia just as much as they would contact Ahsoka? And and wouldn't Luke, who's probably the most powerful Jedi around at this time, wouldn't he sense some of this going on, right? So there almost feels like there has to be well, him well, coming that, in. But they, and, and yes, but I mean, they've already laid the groundwork of these relationships. Mm-hmm. Ahsoka is just randomly on that planet <laughs> showing up there with Luke and baby Yoda and, and Mando season or in Boba Fett. Boba Fett, two and a half. Yeah. Mando yeah, season and, two and, and a half. Yeah, Mando season two and a half and, and <laughs> Boba Fett, she just randomly happens to show up there. So the, there obviously is a connection. There obviously is a relationship. She obviously knows Grogu. So you have that. But then also... Grogu, I mean, in Mando season three, they laid the groundwork where Grogu, uh, you know, he has to become a great navigator, right? Mm-hmm. It's very clear in multiple episodes, you know, navigation as a Mandalorian is a very is very key. So Mando's already great at that. Baby Yoda has become great at that. And then he's looking at the damn Purgles when they're flying through hyperspace. Yeah, you are correct. So I'm like, I'm sitting here, I'm like, in the last six episodes, I just feel like they wouldn't have done all of that maybe they're setting it up for just the big feature film or something, but there's gotta be some sort of tie in there. Alfie has called this the M- the MCU, the Avengers of star Wars, Luke, Mando, Ahsoka, Hera, you know, all these people coming in together and you're right. Maybe it's leading into that Dave Filoni movie that will be the tie up of all this, but it does make sense right now. Um, you know, Luke was able to sense from Tython when Baby Yoda reached out, right? And then go get him at the end of season two from The Mandalorian. So there's there's got to be some some touch points where that would make sense all the way around. So yeah, I, I like that idea. I think it's I think it makes sense. I think it works. And we're all used to that now. We're used to Luke showing up in that CGI setup of Luke. So I I think it works for this now. Also, think about I mean, this. Ahsoka's shown up in Mando and Book of Boba Fett. <laughs> Why would not one of them at least show up in her show? Right. And and from one of the previews, Balin says not many Jedi knew Anakin Skywalker or what came of him when he's talking to Ahsoka. Well, wouldn't it be just as easy for her to go, oh, yeah, well, I'm hanging out with his son. We're, we're pals now, right? So... The guy who took him out, yeah, he's with me now. Um, so, I mean, there's got to be some connectivity there, right? Which would be pretty badass if if Luke walks in right after he says, hey, not many people knew Anakin. And then Luke's like, hey, I, I met him a little bit at the end right there. Um, so, I think one of the cool things was um, Senator Jai Kel, the, the kid from yeah. Rebels, showing up as a senator on the planet. That's great. And then you pointed it out. Clancy Brown, who plays Mr. Krabs, who's of also Governor Azadi in, in Rebels the series, but now yep. in this, fantastic bringing that all together. I mean, it's amazing that those little characters, you like stand up and you're like, yes, that's awesome. So They're bringing them in. Now Mr. Krabs has two characters in Star Wars. Yes. I, Star Wars. I heard that. That's great. He was uh, the, the Deveronian with uh, Bill Burr, right? Yes. Yes. The big yeah. bad, the red, the, the red devil mm-hmm. looking guy. Yep. And yep. Mando season one. Fantastic. Yeah. Fantastic. I can't get one. That guy's got two. That's not even right. Yeah. Mr. Krabs has two characters in Star Wars now. Oh, yep. wow. 
Um, so let's see here. Da -da, Deveronian. Um, again, I mentioned lots of Phantom Menace kind of callbacks. One of the Phantom Menace callbacks was the the little droid that followed Sabine and then went back to Shin Hati. That felt like, like a damn shot for shot remake. Oh almost. my gosh. The it music did. sounded similar, kind of the the trumpet, like the brum, yep. brum. uh the, the the visuals from behind, and then when it turns on her, and then I, I was just waiting for her to get on one of the speeders and fall <laughs> off the thing like I loved so much when I was a little kid. I was ready. It but yeah, was. That, was, that was very much that was there was at least you mentioned off the top them coming in at the beginning, like Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon. That scene right there with the tracker and with Shin. And then I feel like there's another one that's that seemed very I mean, I guess if you want to, Sabine getting stabbed in the <laughs> you know, getting a lightsaber through her. That's a kind of a callback to, to Phantom Menace originally. Very true. Um, but there was, yeah, a lot of randomly like uh, it got to a point where I was like, is Filoni doing like is he a oh, I yeah. know he's a big uh, Phantom Menace guy or what? Well, so let, let's talk about it. We had Indiana Jones kind of call back some feels and vibes. We had Top Gun kind of feels and vibes because Tom Cruise rode his motorcycle while that yep. jet was going by, right? Here she is on the speeder bike while the E-Wing's next to her. Um, so many, I, I think that's a good thing about Star Wars. They can sprinkle in, I mean, heck, they sprinkled in Jaws into season in the Rebels, right? When they had the clones out on that big thing walking in the middle of the desert and that, that creature was under the, under the ground. It was playing Jaws music and doing a shot for shot of jaws on the boat so they did that in mando season two as well with the jaws not did you remember uh mando season two episode one so would that be chapter nine what with the crate or chapter dragon? eight the crate dragon with yes. through and they have that shot of uh of i mean favreau literally at the post thing he said he was like yeah that was that that's from jaws when <laughs> uh you know they're looking at it and it keeps cutting back to him and it's getting closer yeah I mean, see, that that's what's great is you can mix these things in in a Star Wars way. So um, fantastic stuff. Um, one of the things that I that I thought about is, again, I'll go back to Alfie, D-Doc, and my wife, Alfie's wife, D-Doc's wife, my wife, all saying, okay, I know of Ahsoka because, you've, you know, I've seen her in Clone Wars. I've seen her in Book of Boba Fett. I've seen her in Mandalorian. I didn't watch Rebels. None of them did. And the crawl helped. And some of the exposition they were doing, storytelling, oh, this, that, about Ezra, or what have you. But they really, you know, when I was talking to your mom, I was like, okay, now remember, she was here before the original trilogy, now after. So it, it came to me and I thought, people might need to know where she was during the original trilogy. We're still wondering that. That's what right? I'm saying. Yeah. It, I mean... I think it would help us be able to explain something to others, you know, that the guys in the basement doing podcasts can go tell the people who are just walking down the street shopping, hey, here's where Ahsoka was. Um, I think it I think it needs to be found out. I mean, like, you know, uh, Captain Marvel in the MCU takes off, right? And says, I got to go take care of these other things. So she missed part of the things going on in, in the Avengers. But she still showed back up at the end, never really explaining what she was off doing. This is the same kind of feel. We, we, I, I feel like we got to get a little bit deeper, and maybe these six episodes, they'll they'll give us that. But I think the 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 fan who just knows the big movies and the Disney series and not the animated, they probably need a little bit more insight. 
Yeah, it is a little concerning in terms of just how, you know, we're, we're going to love it. We're going to follow along and, you know, a lot of people will, but just how it will be, you know, graded out and criticized and received by the casuals, the people mm-hmm. maybe aren't even casuals who have Disney plus and are just looking for a new show to stream. You know what I mean? Um, that that is kind of concerning to me because so much of it is important to have a a, a field and understanding of rebels and even clone wars to a certain extent right um and so i'm like man even some of my buddies who are star wars fans <laughs> but they're not star wars fans like us i guarantee they're going to be like yeah i tried to soak i just didn't really like i, I mean yeah i i i know but like it Right. I'm telling you, you should go watch those. It's it's awesome. And then now you know this and then you'll know, you know what I mean? Um, so that is a little bit of a concern for me. I look there. I've seen on YouTube now there are people who've done shortcuts to say, see every major thing in Clone Wars or every major thing in Rebels of Ahsoka. Like they've made the cut ups to where you can just basically boom, boom, boom. I don't know if people will take the time to do that. They I know the casual fan is not going to take the time to go watch seven seasons of Clone Wars. They're not going to take the time to watch four seasons of Rebels. But I think if they could do that YouTube catch up, I think I think it would help them. You know, I talked to Mark uh, Newbold from from uh, Fantatrax and StarWars.com months ago, and we were talking about this. He goes, I don't know. I don't think I don't think people will need that as much as you think. But after the first day after watching this to have all three of us say our wives were like, OK, so where are we? Who who were some of these characters? I thought, you know, they're looking for Luke. They're looking for Leia. They're looking for Ray. They're looking for, you know, Anakin and, and Obi-Wan. For them, that's Star Wars because they've surrounded around nine movies, right? Um, so for this, they're like, we've we've seen it enough. We've heard about you, heard you talk about it enough, but we're just not as bought in to those characters. Yeah, um, and that's not, I mean, again, like it's not gonna affect my viewing. I don't care. Mine either. I don't care if only 80,000 people watch per week, like I'm going to be one of them and I'm going to be happy as hell to do it. So like, you know, that's on you guys for not wanting to watch rebels or not wanting to know, but at the same time, I just know my concern with it is that obviously the, you know, the, 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 the big wigs, the money people who only see the dollar signs and the ratings and everything over there at the Disney corporation, that it's concerning for, to be like, oh well, it didn't do that well, so we're probably gonna cut some more of our Star Wars stuff. And it's like, <sighs> I I will say this: after two episodes of Ahsoka, I know Mando's your top dog, and Mando's great, but Mando, to me, I think Ahsoka is gonna be right up there on that upper echelon with Mando. I think it's on the yeah, no, I think it's on the way, but yeah. I just. It's going to be very hard for anything to top season one and season two of Mandalorian. Again, for for me, fantastic, uh, fantastic. Because it was just at the right time in my life, or or whatever it was. But um, you know, I I, I and I and that's not to say that you know. Again, with Book of Boba Fett and with Obi Wan, I there there were there were your high points and your low points, and there was you know stuff that you can take away from and be like, man, that scene was awesome, and that's I'm so glad I got to see mm-hmm. that. Um, but it nothing has had that 
steady maintain of Mando season one and season two, where every week I just felt like, man, I'm so excited to watch that. I literally cannot wait. <laughs> and once I'm done watching it, that's all I want to talk about to people is that that's yeah. all I want to buy is that merch. That's all I want to buy are those characters. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I certainly could see where after all eight of these are done with uh, Ahsoka that I'm sitting there saying, yeah, it's Mando one, Ahsoka one a, or, or whatever, you know, sure. I, I feel like it's on the right trajectory after two episodes. If, if the big thing that I'm complaining about is one stupid stab in the gut, that's yeah. it. Everything else, the characters were good. The, the visuals were good. The music was good. Uh, I think the pacing was good. The the action, the action was, was good. A lot of fun. Was a lot yeah. of fun. I mean, you've got all that in two episodes. I, I think we're going in the right direction. And honestly, even though I'm a huge fan, I don't know when Thrawn's going to show up. Is it going to show up in the last episode to be that thing that gets everybody on the cliffhanger waiting for the, the following season? Or is it going to show up in one or two episodes and be throughout the rest yeah. of the series? I don't, I don't know. Um, is Ezra going to show up? We have his hologram. I think it makes sense for him to be there, but I don't know. So um, I think that'd be smart. I think they'd be smart to have Thrawn to release half of it and have a real big battle and get a lot of screen time for him. Because mm. like we were just saying, like with these, you just don't know if they're going to be, they're not guaranteed for a second season. No, we're, we're probably not going to see a book above the fed season two. We're probably not going to see a Kenobi season two. And that's Obi Wan and freaking Kenobi and Boba I know, Fett. I know. So you might as well just pull out all the stops and then say, okay, we got it all out of us. We left it all on the line in this eight episode run that we had, and hopefully it does enough to where we can continue to build off of it and 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 do a season two. Um, side note, silly thing, the Loth Cat, I think was done excellent. I thought the Loth Cat. Looked yeah, that's great. Like the main reason I want to show Riley the show is because of the loft cat. They they fed the cat. They got cat food out. Yeah, they fed used it. cat food in Star Wars, right? <laughs> Coffee and cat food in yeah. Star Wars. Um, so I mean, yeah, I mean it's just great stuff. But look, I I just wanted to do a quick you and me just chatting about it real quick. Uh, so I, I'm going to shut it down here within you know a few minutes and and we will get a good hour in. But overall, there's. There's nothing I can complain about. I can jokingly complain about the stab in the gut, but I think everybody's probably doing that. Everything else I thought was fantastic. Uh, there wasn't really anything that was lacking to me uh, at all. And and I'm really looking forward to the other six episodes of this. And I cannot, cannot wait. I'm a little nervous because after that, with all the strikes going on and everything else, we don't know what's, what's going to happen and what's going to be completed and finished to come out later, right? I mean, I think all that stuff still has some work to be done on it so the timing's kind of off but so let's eat up this ahsoka stuff right now because we might be sitting for a while without some new things coming our way yeah no i um yeah i think yeah the main thing that i tried to just step back when it comes to these shows or really anything with star wars is you know once i'm done watching an episode that i say wow that was a lot of fun and two i can't wait to watch the next one if I do both those things, then I'm cool with it. And both those things happened uh, with my viewing of Ahsoka in the first two episodes. So I think it's I, pretty sim simple as that, really. We always do toy talk on the show, and we haven't talked toys at all. Is there a character out of this show that you'd want the action figure for right now? You'd want a six-inch black series of 
two from this series so far? Well, I kind of want like our own Lothcat. Oh. <laughs> Me personally, with our family, you know, like if it's not real life, but at least like one of those almost build a bear or like yes. realistic kind that they did with Baby Yoda. I uh, like him so much better than the Porgs. I love, yeah. I, I like him a lot more than that. But, um, but if not that, I mean, Balen Scoff, just because he's a badass. Dude's a bad dude. He he's is. Cool. He's, you know, very like traditional, almost a Vader like in his saber, uh, you yeah. know, his, his dueling and things like that. Uh, but yeah, just a cool guy. Okay. Good, good. Um, yeah, I, I think if I was going to get one, if I'm looking at it right now, just from the first two episodes, I, I think I would want um, a Sabine, a six-inch Black Series Sabine. I just thought her look looked really cool. And um, Huang, the, the droid. Uh, yeah. I think that's how you yeah. say it. I don't know. I keep messing it up. Uh, right. but, but I think he looks good. So, Or maybe one of the Rebel Troopers who's all in blue with the disco white boots and the uh, white belt. Yeah, the that, Matt Lister, Rebel the that's right. Well, Joey, thanks. I know you're busy getting ready for Frankie's first birthday party, and I just finished up work, so we're just rushing and doing this. But I wanted to I wanted to talk a little bit about it. Thanks for doing that. Thanks for always being a part of it. And I know uh, we'll get you on the show more often in the future, and especially as uh, as this thing gets deeper. Maybe we'll get you and T Bob. We'll do a little recap at the end of it or something, and and all of us just go nuts because I'm sure T Bob's probably got some great ideas on this so far, but. Thanks for thanks for hopping on and doing this. I really appreciate it. It's good to have father and son back again. Yes, sir. The originals always uh, appreciate it. Um, Frankie, we got him uh, a realistic baby Yoda. So it's one of those that you like touch his head and as he blinks and like reaches his hand out and talks and everything. Uh, got it from Ollie's. We did go to Ollie's the other day uh, per your recommendation. And we got a lot of really good stuff for him. Um, but that was one of the things that I snagged because it was only like 20 bucks. So. Awesome. Awesome. Well, great talking Star Wars with you, my buddy, my pal, my brother, my son. And uh, we will talk very soon and we'll see you this weekend. And to everybody who watches, follows, listens, everything. Thanks for being a part of Rule of the Galaxy. And until next time, when we're probably talking more Ahsoka, may the force be with you.